Peace and blessings and welcome back to this episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This episode is brought to you by HeritageHipHop.com. We introduce your future favorite artists to you today while highlighting the hip hop culture. To do such, visit us at HeritageHipHop.com for free music, the best interviews you'll get in independent hip hop, and also highlighting the best new artists that you may or may not have heard. And also, this episode is sponsored by Transparent Credit Repair, the superheroes of the financial literacy and credit repair world. Changing your financial situation is one of the biggest decisions you can make in your life. So open your wallet to receive more money instead of paying out debt by fixing your credit. To do so, go to HeritageHipHop.com and click on Transparent Credit Repair. By filling out the questionnaire on the site, Transparent Credit Repair gives you 20% off of all services given to anyone who signs up. So make sure you go to HeritageHipHop.com and click on the link for Transparent Credit Repair and change your life by changing your financial destiny. This episode of Heritage Hip Hop, we talk to a person who doesn't do music. She has a platform just like this one. It's called Basic Talk. B-A-Y-S-I-C-K. Not basic like she ain't about nothing. She from the Bay and she got that sick talk, you know? And we talking to TJ Speaks on this episode and we're gonna hear why something that we preach at Heritage Hip Hop is prevalent on her show. She says, if you don't have a story, you really don't have anything to give to people. And everybody has a story. So let's see what she means by that. Pay attention to this interview because you just might hear something that will not only raise your spirits, but help you achieve your greatness. And I'll come back with the rest of my commentary when the interview is finished. Peace and blessings and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This episode is brought to you by HeritageHipHop.com where we bring your future favorite artists to you right now. And we highlight God's culture, which is hip hop. And since we are the heritage of hip hop, we are God's heritage. And with that, I want to introduce a voice that comes from the Bay, my family from Cali tonight. And we want y'all to understand who she is and what she does. So please introduce yourself to the people. Hey, 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 everybody. Hi, it's TJ Speaks here from the San Francisco Bay Area by way of Dallas, actually. Writer, talk show host, and I'm here with Perez to give honor to the most high. Let's get it going. Yeah, that's what's up. Now, you say you're from Dallas and you went to the Bay. What was the biggest change when you went from oh the gosh. South to the West? Well, little sister following big brother. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. I had lived on the West Coast before. This okay. was another interview, another conversation, Karez. But I lived on the West Coast before, and I preferred it. I think it aligned more with my creative spirit and... The biggest difference, I would say, is the hospitality. It's it's different. I won't say there's a lack. It's just different. The vibe is different. You have to understand it or you will be offended. And that was, that was and how much everything costs? Oh, my gosh. Um, the cost of living, that was a shocker. Hmm. So, well, yeah, just how people relate sense. to you. Oh, oh, my gosh. Um yeah. Considerably. <laughs> I almost said something. Yeah, considerably. Considerably, yeah. Mm. So then, what's the hustle like for the Bay Area as far as, like, the difference? I mean, I'm from the East Coast. I'm from New Jersey, right? Right. New Jersey. Shout out to New Jersey, who was voted the number one most hated state in America. All right? Yes, us. You sound, you sound up like Newark. Are you from Newark? 
Essex County. Yeah, Essex County. Okay. All right. All right. I hear it. I hear it a little bit. All I right. have uh, family there. I actually, I said San Francisco Bay Way of Dallas, but when I was first born, my mom moved to Long Island. So I lived there until I was about almost five years old. So I, loosely from your neck of the woods, kind of, sort of, but not, you yeah. know, not too much. That, that, that means you yeah. travel. And that's what's up. <laughs> so that, we're going we're to anyway, bring that to the interview. We're going to bring that to the that, interview because you, you have uh-huh. experience with the hustle, though. So what's the hustle and okay. bustle like in the in, in the Bay as compared to anywhere else you've been then? I think it's relative to where you are. I won't say mm-hmm. it's better. I will say it's relative to where you are. Down south, they get it on, at a certain pace. In right. California, it's a lot faster. I'm in northern California, and mm-hmm. it's different from southern California. Here, it's more laid back. Um, aesthetically, it's, it's just it's, – it's beautiful. People take time to absorb that a little bit more, but the pace is faster. You have to be about your business. You can't be opposed to having more than one, you know, in, uh, money stream, source mm-hmm. of income. You have to be a go-getter or it will eat you up. Now, Northern California compared to Southern California, whole nother animal. You get down south, it, it, I'm telling you, it's like the boogeyman. If you're not ready, it'll get you. You have to be made of some tough stuff to survive living in Southern California. That's real interesting because – Hustling has been the trademark of American culture, even from forced immigration and slavery to the stealing of land to even now where we have forced labor and less rights as individuals. We are in the, in the midst of a change in this country, and this country is going through a lot of ups and downs with people trying to find income and people trying to find their voice. What made right. you want to find your voice and make a platform? I think for me, I'm a cancer survivor, and I think my diagnosis in 2013 changed the trajectory of my entire life, of the rest of my life. It made me realize I don't have forever. It made mm-hmm. me realize that everything that I do is not just for me. I'm not here by myself. I'm not in this by myself. And it made me think about what can I do for someone else. I was so incredibly grateful after having two definitive surgeries. I'm now cancer-free seven years, thank God. And leading up to getting to the, you know, the edge of the woods, you know, because after your surgery you go back every three months and then they push it out every six months and it's every year. So once I got to a point of, you know, I'm, I'm going to be okay, just realizing, you know, I'm, I'm going to su- really survive this. I really stood up and I'm going to live. I made a pact with my surgeon and my med- my entire medical team that every time I come in here, I'm not going to cry. Um, and they just said, you know what, we know you're grateful, but pay it forward. Do something to show your gratitude, not just to us. But in some way, in what you do, pay it forward. So I made the commitment that I wanted to, because I'm a storyteller, I wanted to help other people tell their story because you don't know what someone's going through. You know, every day I get up, I don't have a bad day. And people, sometimes even in social media, they don't know why you're so, you know, so rah-rah every day because it could have gone another way. I have no room and no opportunity in any part of my day to feel down or to feel like I can't do something or to feel sad. I just find another way to do it. And I hope through something that I'm doing, I don't know how much entertainment value people um, garner from my show or from the, the 
the offerings that I put out into the universe, but I'm hoping that it motivates them in some way to believe that anything is possible. And maybe in, to some small degree or large degree, I'm showing them what's possible, and I'm staying positive and focused while I do it. But the premise of my pr- platform is to give people an opportunity to tell their story, and it's just another form of storytelling that I think is important. It's critical. I salute you for that. And first of all, before we continue, we thank the most high that you're still here to tell your story and it'll give people the platform to tell their story because the story is the most richest part about a person's experience. You know, right. on Heritage Hip Hop, we invest in people, not their playlist. Cause we believe on our platform that if a person can't connect to you, so why would they mm-hmm. invest their time into you? And we've been force-fed other people's stories so much that we sometimes don't even appreciate our story, and it's not till we sit down and really talk that we really find the value in each other as not only people but as just life itself, you know? There's so much common ground. We're more alike than we are different. If we would just take the time, and not a lot of time, but just take the time in those moments, it could be in line at the grocery store, the, if the opportunity presents itself, a quick elevator ride. You could be in the waiting room at your doctor's appointment or dentist appointment just to have a conversation to connect with someone else, just a brief exchange of energy. It does so much. It lets someone else know, I see you, I recognize you, I value you, you're here, and I'm grateful for it. And that is a form of storytelling, just having that connection, because it gives me a chance to see you. You see me, hey, we're here together. One not better than the other. We're just here together. So I'm going to ask you this. Because, see, I, I, I deal with music, but I deal mm-hmm. with the hip-hop culture as a whole. And if I was to interview you in person, I wouldn't put you in my music section. I would put you in my verses section. And the reason why I call it verses is because you know how you like you hear a nice song and there's a verse right. that sticks with you? So everybody right. has something to say. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you this from that perspective. What was the most – what was the one message you got in your life that made you change perspective of yourself and your journey? That is – I think it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. That's right. It's nice to be seen – but it's more important to show someone else's value because you get so much by giving. And I'm, by nature, I'm a giver. They say, you know, you're female, your gender's your curse. We're the nurturers. But mm-hmm. just being from the South, I just hold true to those values that I was raised with. And it matters when someone else feels like, you know, you see me. I have value. I have merit. It does make a difference. It makes them a better person. It makes the world a better place. So for me, it's second nature. It's not something that I have to I have to get up for, something that's contrived. It's just an extension of who I am. And I would be honored to be in that versus. I would. <laughs> I would be honored to be in that category. Well, we'll make it happen one day because I want to go into more of your platform as far okay. as your voice because I've maybe you've seen this too. A lot of people have platforms, but they have no voice within their platform. <laughs> a lot of people get in front of a camera or a microphone. Mm-hmm. They get on Zoom or YouTube, and they do something, right. but it doesn't speak to who they are. They're just doing something. What is the what? What are, what are you building your platform on to show the world not only its value, 
not only their value, but its importance is existing as well. I think it is important to serve others. I was always taught, and this goes back to my belief system and how I was raised, if you want to be great, you have to learn how to serve. you got to mm-hmm. learn how to do something for somebody else. We are a nation of immigrants, whether we want to accept that or not, depending on what your belief system is and how you vote and how you live and who you connect and who you relate to. We are a nation of immigrants. And it is so off-putting to people who come over to this country to think that people of color, you listen to music, you watch programming, it doesn't matter if it's audio or if it's visual, you would think with some of the sounds and some of the imagery that you see that pushes a particular product or advertising, that we got this thing sewed up. Black people run in this country, and we don't. Do we welcome these immigrants in? Do we welcome what they have to offer? Do we welcome what they have to say? Are we serving them in a way that makes them feel welcome at the table? And that's what my platform does. It's all-inclusive. It's not a black platform. It's not a female platform. It's not gender specific. It's not age specific. It's all inclusive. And I think that inclusion is important in a global sense to show people their value and that you matter to me. It's just it's just an extension of me. And because I am an expressive person, I think I'm a storyteller by nature. It was just the next natural progressive step for me to create a talk show, a small talk show, a platform that gives people an opportunity to speak, to speak, to voice their opinions, to show their talent, This is my offering. This is what I'm contributing to the world. And I hope you like it. I hope you appreciate it. I hope it benefits you in some way. And I think we need to see more of that. People creating space for other people. And that's what I do. You know, that's big because creating space means you're showing people that they matter. You know what I'm saying? And with, with (laughs) with the outreach of the Internet now, not only are you showing people that they matter that's close to you, you have a worldwide audience that can see the value in self and the value of building. What does it mean to you to touch the world, to have the world touch you just the same way? I believe in energy. I, I love the exchange of energy. And I didn't say good energy. I love the exchange of energy because it teaches you something. It teaches you what you need to migrate more toward. It teaches you what you need to steer away from. It teaches you what your frequency is. And when you connect with someone, there is, there is, there is, you can have all the automation in the world. You can have all the internet in the world. It cannot replace creativity. It is no substitution for the human spirit. And that's what I like to connect to. That's what I'm about. Connecting with that person. What is it that she has to say? Can she hear me when I'm speaking? What do we have in common? What are our differences? How can we bridge that? so that we can achieve something in common. And maybe that something is a message. Maybe that something is a collaboration. Maybe that something is something beyond what we even know. Maybe we need to get together to find out what that something is. But it starts with those conversations, and that's what I'm about, getting those conversations started. I like that you said that. So then let's go to that conversation piece. Uh, We know you want to hear this story, and we know what a person brings to your – when they bring their story – they're bringing engagement. They're bringing that energy to your um, to your platform. How do you know that their energy really fully aligns with your vision, though? Like, what process do you go through to make sure you're vetting the right guest to put in the right in the right position on your show? I think 
you attract what you put out. Mm-hmm. And I believe everything that I put out, it doesn't come back to me void. Mm-hmm. Have I been a fan of every person that appeared as a guest on my show? No, I haven't. But I learned something. And I think what we are or what we should be careful in doing is just connecting with people who look like us and think like us. Mm-hmm. When you have someone on your show, if you're a Democrat and that person's a staunch Republican, they have views that are completely opposite than what you think. Would you have them on your show? Could you teach your audience something? Could you show them something? Or would you be afraid? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be af- afraid. I wouldn't look deep before I left. I would because that person could interject something that could be offensive to my audience. Um, right. So what I like to do is I like to I like to study that person's bio. I like to look at how they move in the world as much as I can, and mm-hmm. if there's something that connects with connects with my core audience because I do have a positivity vibe that I like to maintain, I would mm-hmm. welcome that person. Even if there was a slight difference, I would welcome that person as a guest because I could learn something. I don't know it all. I can't teach it all. And the best way to educate yourself is to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you are, not people necessarily who agree with you. And I think right. that's the way that we can do it, yeah. So you are an education, a educational mental trailblazer is what you're telling me. I've never heard it put that way, <laughs> but I'll take that. Let's, <laughs> well, let's I'll break, take it. I'll take it. Right. I'll take it. Well, let's break it down. Education means the ability to teach and to be instructed. Um, I'm by, by trade, I'm a preschool teacher, but oh, okay. But in, in, in teaching children the act of problem solving, mm-hmm. we teach adults the act of reasoning. Mm-hmm. Two different gifts, but we do, and that's the education of the platform. The mental part of the platform is resignation. Can I take this in and apply it to self in the lens that I look at the world in? I always said as a child, I could always see you, but I could never see myself. When you get to, when you start to see yourself, that's when you grow. Yeah. And, and then I call it a trailblazer because the purpose of most people today, especially in the mainstream, is to entertain, not to teach. And we've gotten away from being taught. People are being instructed. We have more sheep than we have shepherds. How do you leave your 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 flock to not be sheep, sheep, but to be shepherds themselves through your message? I let people think for themselves. In storytelling, the main thing that you learn is not to dumb your audience down. And I, I moved my phone away from my mouth, so I hope you caught that. <laughs> In storytelling, one of the primary things that you learn is to tell the story. Give your audience room and opportunity to decide for themselves what they think and what they feel. If I have a story, my job is to tell it. I can't tell you how to respond to it. I can present it in a way that I would hope you'd glean whatever inspiration I hope to impart, but I can't tell you how to receive it because you may not agree with it. Mm. Mm. So I think it starts with respect. I think it starts with giving someone an honest opportunity to take in what you have to say and ask questions. I think that's really important. Give them an opportunity. Is there a, a, maybe not during your interview, but is there an opportunity for them to put comments or to express what they think and feel or maybe add some suggestions 
Maybe you, you can add a little added value to your show, and maybe you can res- resonate a little more or take your message a little farther if you're willing to do this, this, and this. And actually follow through with those suggestions and incorporate them in your show because you're on the inside. You don't see it. Someone from the outside can see it and hear it a little differently. So be open to that feedback and give people an opportunity to just think and feel what it is that they think and feel. They're an individual and they deserve that respect. But isn't that the genius of your platform? Because at the end of the day, to be mental means to think and then to, to produce your thought. And a lot of people in today's society, especially the one uh, the one I see that people lack thought in the most, which is school and education, I think we're not allowing people to have their thoughts and to create from their own thoughts. What do you What do you want to see a person do as they process and produce their thoughts into actions? I think that what you say has to align with what you do. If you profess or promote or hold yourself out to be one way, your actions need to support that, or you're going to come off as hypocritical. If you say you care about people, if you say you're about opportunity, what are you doing to show that level of support that you profess or to give that person the space that they need, which creates an opportunity for them to shine? What are you doing to give that to them? If you care so much, you love the people so much, where is that opportunity? People need that. Um, I saw an episode of the Oprah Winfrey show, and she said something that stuck with me. She said, it didn't matter if these people that are sitting next to me are people that you readily identify with or they're people who you don't know from a can of paint. Every single person that's sitting on this sofa next to me, each show, wants to know one thing. They want to know, do you see me? That's their message. They want to know, do I matter to you? Do you see me? And that just stuck with me. And every time I talk to someone, whether I'm having them to record something at their location and contribute it for the show, I'm talking to them live or I'm talking to them in a pre-recorded conversation, I give them the opportunity to show me what they want people to see. Hmm. That opportunity to just finally be seen and be heard. Say what it is that you want people to, to hear. Tell me what you want people to know. Just recently I had an, um, and I hope this is not um, taking this question in a different direction, yeah, but just recently I had, um, I had Jill Marie Jones from Girlfriends um, oh. record for my show three key pieces and Terry um, – from in Vogue, I had her to record, both of these ladies to record three key pieces of information. If you could go back and you could tell your younger self something, what would, what would be three things that you would tell your younger self if you could go back and relaunch your career? What would be some things that you would do different? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, in any interview that they've ever had, whether it, they were walking the red carpet or it was a premiere for a project or um, it was just a sit-down conversation with, you know, a, a well-known radio personality, I don't know that they have an opportunity to say what they think and feel as opposed to some prearranged questions that the host probably thinks they already know the answers to. Are you giving them an opportunity to just think and feel and connect and offer Mm. things that would really, really help that audience member? Or are you just trying to get ratings for your program? Are you just trying to get a good look, basically? 
And I had to ask myself, go introspectively and ask myself that question. Mm -hmm. Am I sticking to what I said I wanted to do? Am I getting away from that a little bit? Because it's a little thing that we all have. We all have. It's called ego. And once you start to get some celebrity, you start to get well-known, you have to be really, really careful that you're holding true to those core beliefs that you say are the most important. And you have to kind of get back to that. Mm. That pendulum swings a little to the left, too, a little to the right, too far. you got to kind of hold it in the road. And what your audiences connect with, you have to make sure that you're, give, you're still giving them that or you'll lose them. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Karaf from Heritage Hip Hop with TJ Speaks of Basic, what is it, Basic? Basic Talk. Basic Talk. That's right. The Bay, y'all, remember, Oakland. Right. So let's, let, let's, let's go back to what you said because I think, I think that's the gift of a good no. You know what? I heard a certain person <laughs> saying, say no to good to say yes to great. And saying yes to great means to be able to shut your mouth and let somebody express themselves rather than you always leading the conversation. That's how you find out who's a good teacher. That's how you find a mentor. That's how you find your spirit. You got to mm. repress your voice and let the inside voice talk for you or through you. Mm-hmm. When you repressed your spirit, how did your goals change? And how did you want those goals to connect with others? When I look introspectively at my life and what I want for myself, it is never void of those around me. It's not just for me. It's not self-serving. I'm a mom. I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. And I know the choices that I make, to some degree, do affect these people. And not just my immediate circle. You have your your inner circle, your outer circle, and your holiest of holies. Just like I have, other people have. So I have a sense of responsibility when I am creating content, whether it's an article, I'm putting together an interview, or I'm meeting face-to-face with someone. I have a responsibility to those people that I'm connected to, but a greater responsibility to my audience because there's a little girl that's watching me. I have to be mindful of the fact I may not be on the level of an Oprah Winfrey or a Cameron Hall or a Ricky Lake or a Sally Jesse Raphael or Waldo Rivera. I may not have that legacy, but I do yeah. still own and share that responsibility. And I have to be mindful of what I say and the offerings because what you put out there, it does. It's like a boomerang. If you put bad energy out there, it may take a while, but it's coming back. You put misinformation out there, it will come back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure that you're careful of the messages that you put out. Make sure the messaging is coming from a pure place, it's coming from an Mm -hmm. honest place, and that your intention behind it is pure. Fact. That's why we always say, Allegedly. <laughs> and, and, and I love that always, word. And, and you always say, I can be wrong, but if I am. I could be wrong. I, I could I be wrong. I, but, but, but if I am, I don't mind being corrected. And you perform, and, and, you, and, you, and, you, and you produce marketing like you could just come on the show and you could talk about it with me, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You just, so, you just give right. it in the best, yeah, in the spirit of the best, in, with the best intention in the spirit and purity. Right. And with the intention of hoping to, you know, to to maybe, like you say, educate someone, enlighten someone, celebrate someone, it's not just about you. I have the opportunity 
at every turn with every show to talk about who I just talked to and how amazing it was to talk to that person. And I've, I've seen some platforms that do that. They make it about their connection to that person, and it's not so much about what did the person say. What did they say? Mm. Mm. What are they celebrating? What are they happy about? Mm. And how can you best help that project through your platform? Don't make it about you. You're going to get yours. If it's for you, you're going to get it. But don't make it about you. If you want to be great, and I'll say it again, if you want to be great, learn to serve someone else. In whatever capacity is available, learn to serve someone else. Find a way, and it'll come back to you. I love that you said that. Because I want to serve you a plate right about now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's your favorite food? Mexican food. Okay. Taco, tapas, and all that stuff, right? You like all that? Oh yeah. You give me okay. So here's the here's the meal. Here's the meal. You can okay. give me a chimichanga, some authentic Mexican rice. Okay. You can give me some refried beans and some banging guacamole, and I'm 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 done. You can stick a fork in me. I'm done. Now I'm gonna take your I'm gonna take your plate and make it into a um. I'm going to take your plate, and I'm going to serve you the topic, and you're going to feed off of it the same way you're going to eat that plate. All right. Okay? So guacamole is a topping, right? So that's going to be our overall theme, and that's going to be the female voice. All right? Okay. Now, the rice is the accompaniment to the meal that gives it, like, like weight. It gives it heartiness. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to equate that to the female voice This in this way. Women have always been contributors to society, but for some reason, they're always on mute when it comes to society. And within the past 10 years, as more women have become heads of businesses, entrepreneurs, especially in the color communities of color, we have women taking a lot of charge when it comes to power moves in society. Even to the point in today's election, um, everybody go vote. We're not going to tell you to vote for it, but go vote. Even in today's election, the demographic nature of the parties are how many women are of color are being supported and how are they going to use those to get the men to support? Why is it important in today's society for us to recognize the woman for who God made her to be rather than who we may think or want her to be? Men are viewed in some realms as a source of strength. Women are just as strong. We may not have the physical brute strength, but mentally and emotionally, we're equally as strong. When you have systematic barriers in place to keep women in what, if you're an oppressor, in what you think is their place, you there is no inclusion. If there are policies and if there are barriers designed to keep you quiet, um, the Supreme Court Justice Amy that just got um, yes. on the Supreme mm-hmm. Court, mm-hmm. she just replaced Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. The Supreme Court Justice didn't start out female. They didn't all start out female. Mm-hmm. There had to be someone who was willing to speak up and there had to be a voice. There had to be a voice loud enough to say, you know what, I think also. I'm, I'm not just running around here barefoot and pregnant. I think also. Here's what I think and here's why. 
And I think that's missing. Some people will tell you what needs to be done, but can they support it with a why? Can they relate it to how it affects communities, how it affects everyone and not just women? We want a piece of the pie, but we need to be able to serve everybody. And I think as of late, we're getting more of an influx of women in politics, women in ministry, women in education, women in power positions, because I think our value, not our, our physical strength, but our, our overall value is being appreciated in a way that it just ha- it wasn't before, because we weren't seen. We weren't seen as equal. And when someone doesn't see you as equal, they treat you as less. Shame on them. Shame on them, shame on us, but shame on us for not speaking up. It's one thing to be silent and to know that you're capable, to know that you're just as strong and you don't say anything. It's kind of like you could be in a corporate meeting. I'll, I'll make this more relative. You could be in a corporate meeting, and everything that you know that that CEO is saying is hogwash. You know it's BS. Mm-hmm. In the question and answer section of the of the meeting, after the meeting wraps, and there's, question, there's a Q&A set, segment, and you know the answers. You know how to write that ship. You could probably run that company with your eyes closed, one hand behind, tied behind your back. But because you're a minority, you don't think there's a lot of merit. You don't think there's a lot of value in what you have to say. You Maybe you're the janitor, and you don't think that they're going to they're gonna listen to you. You do have a voice. And when we realize that we have a voice and we start using that voice, we can turn this thing around. And I think that's what women have done. We have started to use our voice. There's strength in numbers. When you band together, you may say no to one woman, but you're not going to say no to 50 million of us. When we organize, there's strength, there's power. You you don't have a choice but to hear us. The NAACP did it, all organizations. When we organize and we show up strong, you can't say no. You can't say no to all of us. Mm-hmm. Even with this, this police brutality, you may get away, unfortunately, with um, beating one or shooting one and nobody sees it. But once there's a light shined on the problem, once we expose the problem for what it really is, you can't shoot all of us. You can't hang all of us. Because you know there's a consequence. Facts. You know there's a repercussion. So when you're willing to speak up, when you're willing to speak up, they can't do business as usual because they know they're not dealing with a dummy. They know that there's going to be a consequence, whether it's a legal consequence, an ethical consequence, there's a consequence. I like how you, you say that. You have, to, you have to speak up, or people will continue to get away with it. I grew up in the South, mm-hmm. and that was my first lesson in being a black woman and being totally disregarded, totally disregarded. I could go up for a job, and I know I'm qualified to get that job. But when I show up black, you don't want to hire me. You don't want to. You don't want to. Um, you don't want to muddy up. You know your employee pool. You don't want me to walk in with braids one day. Mm-hmm. You don't even give me a chance. You 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 don't give me a chance before you even interview me. I have to because maybe I have an ethnic sounding name. I have to change my name to just my initials on my resume when I send it into your company because I know you'll throw it in the trash. Interesting. Very interesting. I want to take what you said and go to the next part of your plate, though. Okay. So that's the rice. Chimichanga was the main part of the plate, though. So 
I'm going to take what you say and go to the main part of the question I wanted to ask you is this. Everything that you said sounds great, but application is where we see change. First, we have to have the thoughts, but then we have to move on our thoughts, right? As exactly. a man, I'm very, very, very um, – I have a prejudiced look when it comes to females because I'm not one. So I don't understand how your eyes see life as opposed to my eyes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think – and this is just my opinion, and I'm going to go to my question. My opinion is I don't think we fully understand the value of a woman when even in religion a woman – gave birth to the savior of the world and any religion that you you believe in. A woman gave birth to any to, to, to the savior of the world and yet the woman is still seen as less. I think that's crazy. So with that understanding of what you said, the, the meat of my question is, what is the three most important lessons a society can teach a young girl? Melanated or not, what do you think are the three major lessons society can teach a young girl how to be a strong woman? And to number one, on. number mm-hmm. one, that she is enough. Mm-hmm. She is enough. Number two, she has a voice mm. that we will listen to and not just listen to, but we will honor. And that inclusion does include you. Mm. You are enough. You have to believe it. It starts with believing it. It doesn't matter if you're a young girl or you're a young man. If you do not believe something that you want, it's not going to happen. We have to make them believe that, which means we have to put examples of that out there. However you need to foster that belief, you need to get it done. If it's done in the classroom, through community programs, make these young girls know that they are enough because if you don't, they're going to find it from the wrong source. They're going to get it, but they're not going to get it from the right, from the right person. Let them know that their voice matters. Show them that their voice matters. Have a parade for them. Have something that's just about them that celebrates them where they don't have to show up with 35 packs of weave in their hair to feel like they're beautiful or all the makeup in the cosmetic section to feel like they're beautiful. Do something for these girls to let them know that they have a voice. Invite them down to City Hall. Let them speak. Show them what that feels like. Show them what's possible. And you do that from uh, through allowing them to have a voice. Because I can believe it all I want, but if I never get an opportunity to exercise it, that's a whole other story. Give me an opportunity to use my voice. Once I use my voice, I need to know where do I go from here. Are there any opportunities for me? There needs to be a level playing field. doesn't matter if this young girl is brown, this young girl is white. They need to get the same opportunity. What they do with that opportunity is a different story, but give them the opportunity. So I think it's those three things. They need to believe it, instill that belief in them, give them an opportunity to use their voice, and give them an opportunity to go beyond using that voice to see what they can do to affect change. Those are the three things that I would say. I agree with everything. I have to add one more thing in, and you tell me if I'm wrong. A lot of people are given the illusion of choice. 
how do we give them the truth of choice? I think it starts in the home. I think it starts with the parent. Okay. I'm a mom. I have a four-year-old daughter. Congratulations on being She's a mom. Not gonna... the most under, under, <laughs> it's, it's the one job that people don't hail enough. So I want to say congratulations right. on being a mom, and may you and your child have a blessed union in life together in a part. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you. I think that it's a community of effort. I think what they see in social media, what they see in society, I think what they see in the home, all of it needs to match. I don't need to say one thing at home, but she sees a different thing at school, and then she sees something else out in the world or in social media. I need to make sure that there are safeguards and that it's structured in a way that the message is the same. She doesn't need to see me in the way that I dress and the way I hold myself out in public one way, but then she is looking at a celebrity in a video, and she says, well, that's the standard of beauty, or that's what I need to aspire to. There needs to be some standards, and there needs to be some consistency so that we don't confuse these girls. Because if there's more influence in you following a celebrity versus what your parents are teaching you, I mean, it's a no-brainer who they're going to follow. They're going right. to think that's what I'm supposed to look like, that's what I'm supposed to dress like, that's what I'm supposed to act like, and that's not even reality for that person. They're doing that for a check. Mm-hmm. So the responsibility, I think, it starts with the parents, but it's everybody's job. These children are everybody's responsibility. And I think there needs to be a hedge of protection placed around these girls to give them that, that opportunity to see themselves as something different, as something greater, as something more. And when you do that, they will believe it. They will believe it because they see it. I like Everything that you're saying, because we're going to take this to another level. Shout out to you. Everybody, this is TJ Speaks on Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. And listen, blown away, and we want you to check out her, her, her platform. More news on that in a minute. But for my question right now is this. With the change of society to everything going to virtual teaching, virtual enjoyment, virtual um, dependency, how do we hedge our children, hedge our young girls, hedge our young men, and make sure their heads are on straight and that they know the difference between the virtual and the reality? I think you limit their time. I don't think you put a child in front of a computer and you turn them loose. You have to monitor what they see, how much of that content they see, and when they see it. They do an exercise in the school. You're a teacher, you know. Um, when class first starts, my daughter's fourth grade. They have two primary things, two primary course studies, which is math and English. Mm-hmm. Always, 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 always they start with math. Okay. Your brain is fresh. It will retain it. You can't do math late in the day. You can't do math after lunch. You can't do it after PE. It doesn't work. Same thing with what you design for your children to see. If you have a system, you have a routine with your kids. We get up in the morning and we do this. If it's a school day, okay, school. Afterwards, you give them a little bit of a break. They're kids. Then at a certain time, it's structured, you do your homework. Then you have a snack. Then maybe you play a little bit. Then maybe we recap what you did during your day. 
Then, then we set aside maybe 20 to 30 minutes for them to have some activity online. Because we are in such an instant society, you by no means, as a responsible parent, should let your child just run free on the Internet. You cannot do that. You have to structure it in a way so that they know, I do have an opportunity to do that, because this is my era, this is my age, but it's limited. And it is monitored. This is what I'm expected to do. This is how I'm expected to conduct myself. And it's a, it's a privilege. It's not a guarantee. And you can leverage that if, you, if you're that parent, which I am. You can leverage that for whatever behavior it is that you're not getting, because that does mean everything to this generation. Being able to look on that phone and look on that tablet or that laptop and play that game or whatever it is that they get enjoyment out of that's age-appropriate, you can leverage that for whatever you need out of that kid. Threaten to take that Xbox away and see, don't you have a better kid? Give them a chance to be kids. Give them a chance to have fun. Structure it, but don't turn them loose. You need to keep a pulse on what they're doing at all times because they're children. They're not of the age to consent to all of this stuff that's out here. That's child endangerment to just turn your child loose on the Internet for a whole hour while you're, while you're in there watching Real Housewives of Atlanta or whatever you're watching, nothing, nothing against them, but while you're watching your favorite program. Okay. It's reckless and it's dangerous. So I would say structure it in a way so that they know these are the rules, this is what I can do, and this is what I can't and stick to it. For everybody out there listening, you just got a taste of Basic Talk by TJ Speaks. So we ask all of you, visit tjspeaks.com and tune in to Basic Talk. She's not basic, but she gives you that realness that people need to hear. And we hope that you enjoyed what you heard today so far. Now I'm going to do something unorthodox just for you. You ready? <laughs> okay, okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Take over the interview. Shoot. Karez, mm -hmm. I know that you are a man of thought. I know that you are a man of means. And I, I say that because you're a teacher. So you have to get creative. You have to have everything figured out every day. Right. What is it that you get, and it's not that you give to receive, because you've given me an opportunity to be on your show that I'm grateful for. But what is it that you get that you put out into the universe that would help indep independent artists like me? Not just an opportunity to talk to your audience, but in addition to that, what is it that you're doing that we don't see that you do that benefit us? Respecting who you are by doing research so I come to you correct and not asking mm. you a bunch of questions that's not relevant to who you are as a person. Mm. The one thing I will say is people see the name Heritage Hip Hop and think everything I do is about music, which mm -hmm. is not correct. Hip Hop is a culture. A culture is not a music. Music is a genre. It helps create the culture. Mm -hmm. Hip Hop came from God. So if mm. the heart is the drum of your body and the drum is the heart of the beat, there's something that goes together in there that insinuates life. So if I don't respect the life that's caught within your personal body, your personal mind, your personal aura, if I can't capture that, I failed you as a person to bring the best out of you. 
So my interview is not done to teach me. It's done to teach you reflectively how dope you are, how lit you are, but more importantly, out of the, out of the term a realm of slang, how important you are and how you existing helps change the world for the better. Don't take yourself for granted. Mm, That's what I, I love it. <laughs> it's how you ended it. That's what I do. You know, it's just a little something. It's just a little something. I, a little something off the dome. It's what I do. Well and said. Everybody, well received. And everybody, and everybody out there, that's why Basic Talk is the show that you need to listen to, see, and experience. So please give everybody your social media and let them know how to get in contact with you and how to watch and catch the show and even contribute if they want to donate. You can catch the show by visiting tjspeaks.com. You can catch me on YouTube. You can catch me on Facebook. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can email me at tjspeaks.com. You can go to the contact section on my website, or you can email me directly at tj, tj at tjspeaks.com. I also have two Twitter handles, but I'm not very active on Twitter. I'm not tweeting. I'm not trumping, as I say. To my, my listeners, um, I don't tweet every 25 minutes. Um, I'm more into developing uh, conversational content that people can enjoy and they can glean inspiration from. I like that. I like it all. But here's the thing. I'm going to TJ Speaks right now on my um, on my TV. <laughs> so okay. I can, so I can subscribe to you right now, as a matter of fact. One thing okay. About heritage, one thing about heritage hip hop, and I'm going to say this to you, um, we do not believe in, stream, in streaming. We really don't. What we believe in is purchasing power. So when we say that we support people, we really want to let our money or our vision match our, what, our, what our mouths speak. You see what I'm saying? So mm. as I buy, I buy artist music, I'm going to support mm-hmm. you by following your page right now. That's TJ Speaks, or is it basic? You can go to you can go to TJSpeaks.com. That's my website. You can go yeah, to YouTube. Basic Talk on YouTube, mm-hmm. and you can subscribe on YouTube. You can connect with me on Facebook as well under TJ Speaks. There's a big basic talk, orange and black and white banner behind my head um, on Facebook. And if you message me, I will respond. And it's not – it says celebrity news and interviews, but I don't mean that in the sense of you have to have produced a feature film or you have to have um, a song that everyone knows. You deserve to be celebrated. You're a celebrity in your own right. Success to me takes on many different forms. If you couldn't stand up yesterday and you could stand up today, that's success to me. If you couldn't do something and you're now able to do it and you want to celebrate it, we want to talk to you. Let's talk about it. There it is. So everybody that's listening, check out her her platform, and basic is spelled B-A-Y-S-I-C-K. Basic. So, basic. We're talking about that bay right there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's how you like it. You know what I mean? So, and as of right now, I am a subscriber hosted by oh, thank you, correct. So there we go. I'm there. All right? So Thank I'll you. Now, thank you, and I subscribe to you as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, oh yeah, check out the interviews. Maybe you'll find some. I have, I have, I have. I think I was watching the one you had with Tretch. 
yeah. motor by nature. And then you had a young man, I for, I sincerely beg your pardon, I don't remember his name, but he was a Jersey rapper. It was a black and white video. And I, I oh, my gosh. He just, he hit it, he hit his bars, and he turned around and walked away. And I'm not big on hip-hop. I love hip-hop, but I'm more, um, uh, more soul, kind of Angie Stone, Life Jennings, Leela James. That's more my lane. But That's that, oh, man, that rap, oh, my gosh, that rap, I just, I'm telling you, it's like, okay, I'm going to have to Google this young man and maybe invite him to do a segment of the show. I was just blown away. He was so confident. He was That's- so confident. So, I, I, like I said, then I serve my purpose. Because most people say they're not into rap or hip-hop. And the reason why is because you've been force-fed a lot of what the mainstream says hip-hop or rap is, not for what it truly is within itself, because it's culture. So when you said you're in Angie Stone and stuff like that, that's hip-hop. That's just not the hip-hop music part of it. Because soul, once again, comes from the most high. He's the only one you're that can absolutely divide right. soul and spirit. Over- so, you are absolutely right. and You're absolutely right. So maybe we could talk about that on your show. You we could. I'll have to invite you on to be a guest on my show. We'll talk. No we'll problem. Talk. No problem. But it's time for the second part of our interview, which is called the Rapid Fire Questions. You want to have some, some fun with this? Let's get it. The Rapid Fire Questions are not yes-no questions. These are questions that show the depth of what you do and your knowledge when it comes to the hip-hop culture. So my first question is... Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> okay, remember, let's go. I said culture. I said culture. Don't be afraid. I said culture. <laughs> All right. So oh, no, she's first, not scared. I'm ready. I'm just saying, okay. oh, Lord, okay. All right, my let's first, go. My, my first question to you is, what song or album perfectly describes you? What song or album? Mm-hmm. I have so many in my head. There is a, <laughs> there's a, there's a group, Donnie in the Color Section. Okay. There was a Motown group, and... His vibe just captures my spirit perfectly. Nice. There was one, Welcome to the Color Section. Mm. I think it's the intro on their album. Okay. And it welcomes you to the color section. It welcomes you to the Negro Leagues. It has you to sign your name on the blacklist and know Mm. that this is American history. See what Mm. it is to be blackmailed. A real live conspiracy. Sign your name on the blacklist and know this is American history. It's it's just amazing. Donnie in the color section. Okay. I love that. My next question is, what was the one barrier that you broke that showed you that you are capable of a breakthrough? I'd never had a TV deal, never had a talk show. I just dropped my daughter off at school one day. I have a Golden State Warriors skull cap, a Golden mm-hmm. State Warriors T-shirt, some blue jeans. I don't even know what color this jacket was. We're not even going to talk about it. And some suede, I don't know, superhero boots or something. I don't know. Dropped my daughter off at school, and something said, drive out to the station. And I'm thinking, Lord, like this? I can't go like this. You know, I got to you know, I gotta get my hair together. I got to get my makeup. I, gotta, I don't know what to say. Jesus said, go, just go, go. I'll give you everything you need, just go. I drove out. I waited about 45 minutes in the parking lot. I'm not dressed for this at all. 
an hour and 15 minutes later, just being obedient and trusting that I could, I went in, I introduced myself, and I walked out with my first uh, talk show. Mm. Just trusting that I could. Just trusting that God would give me the words to speak. I introduced myself. I got welcomed in, thinking that I would just get a business card. And another meeting was going on in the process, so I'm waiting over kind of in the media section. It's this huge business office. And mm-hmm. I'm in the over in the cut while they're having a meeting. That's how big this office is. And I'm thinking he's just going to kind of shoo me away and just kind of, you know, just being nice. And once he finished, he professionally brought me over, gave me an opportunity to have my voice heard, which is the same thing I wish more people would do for young ladies, hear me out, hear my vision, hear what I hope to achieve for others, and see if it's in line with what you do here, with your programming, with your mission for the community. Everything lined up, and we talked numbers, and we had a deal. That's what's up. Congratulations. But that was the first time, not just not ever thinking that I could do it, and it just, everything worked out. It just, it, it, it's, if you jump, your parachute will open. It's that kind of story. Oh, you just got to jump. The parachute will open. Amazing. Who are the top three people who changed your life? Who are your superheroes? My mother. Mm-hmm. My daughter. Mm-hmm. And my sister. Hmm. My mother, because without knowing the strength that she was giving me, she created a young lady who knew she could go anywhere in the world and be okay. That's how strong my mom was. That's how incredibly strong my mom was. Not well-known, not famous. She didn't have anything that you would recognize, and on the surface, anything that you, anything tangible that you would respect, but she has a spirit and she has a strength, an unmistakable strength, that if you have that, you've already won. You're already wealthy. And she passed that down to me. I could go, pick a country, anywhere. I could go anywhere, and I would be perfectly okay. I don't even have to speak the language. I would be perfectly okay, or that's what I believe. So my mom, my daughter is my hero, Kids are amazing. They are amazingly resilient little people. Mm-hmm. And when I watch her, she doesn't do something once to give up. She doesn't do it twice or three times. She is, she's that kid. She will do it until she figures it out. She either figures a way to make it work or she figures something else to do to make it better. Mm. And it is amazing to watch. This is a little girl that made a, a, a dress, a dress that you could put on out of paper at four years old with paper and some tape. She's very, the ingenuity and the process in her brain is just amazing. She doesn't give up. And I would say my sister She has a quiet strength that I admire, that I draw inspiration from. She has a parenting style that I admire, that has served me well in my own life as a parent. 
I am that person, I will tell you, and I will tell you why. But everything doesn't deserve an explanation. And in those moments where I need to be a little more reserved or I need to kind of dial it back a little bit, I pull strength from her. I saw it firsthand for her, from her, and I'm just grateful for it. Three more questions. My first question is, what is, what is your soundtrack? What is your superhero theme? That whenever something happens and it's great, that song comes on and it signifies you. This girl is on fire, Alicia Keys. <laughs> okay. Enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah. said. That's, that's, that's after that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you see, that's it. That's it. Uh, my next question is, this is going to be a little more deeper, but it's, ba- it's really basic on the surface, though. What is the strength of a daughter versus the strength of a mother within you? Within me personally? Mm-hmm. The strength of a daughter is being tender enough, knowing when to be tender, knowing when to play and have fun, and the strength of a mother, the duality of it, the strength of a mother, knowing when to look around those corners, when to be firm, and when to exercise or draw a line that says, this is my bottom line. And it's a balancing act. It's not always perfect, but it's doable. Mm, Very, very interesting. I love your answer. Everybody, this is TJ Speaks from Basic Talk, our sister from Long Island, Dallas, and the Bay. (laughs) Well-traveled. As you can tell by her her conversation, the Bible says whenever you find somebody of wisdom, you wear out their doorstep. Go to her doorstep, sit, and learn, because she has a lot to say. But more importantly, she'll have you learn by telling her who you are so you can learn about yourself as well. So I have my final question to give you, and it's been a pleasure and an honor to talk to you. I pray that we talk many more times, that this interview is just the beginning of something beautiful. And the most I continue to bless you, just as he has blessed me, if not more, okay? Now, my final My final question is, one day you're not going to be on the planet anymore. And due to COVID and all the stuff going on, I pray that none of that stuff happens anytime soon. And the most high bless you and your family abundantly. All right? But one day you're not going to be on this planet anymore, but your legacy is going to be here. You have a digital footprint. You have an audio footprint. You're going to do lectures. You're going to write books. You're going to inspire generations of people not only with your words, but with your wisdom in action, not just in what you say. And that's going to be handed down for generations. And the same way they talk about Oprah, the same way they talk about Robin Roberts, uh, Jamel Hill, they're going to talk about you the same way. So my question is, 500 years from now, when they go through the books and the history, they talk about pioneers, trailblazers, and mental teachers who have helped society. What is the legacy that you leave behind that made the world better because you had your show and you shared your voice? I think it would be nice, and thank you for this question. I think it would be nice if I live my life in such a way and I hold myself out with such a sense of purpose that people feel they never have a bad day. They just have different types of good days. And in having that perspective, they're able to persevere through the hard times, 
because it won't last always, learn something from it, and be successful despite your circumstance. If you look at any successful person that you've named, that's what they were able to do. That's what we all have in common. Whether you're an Oprah or you're on the level where I am right now, don't look at what's wrong. Look at what's right. Look at what you can do and be about your business and get after it. And with that being said, everybody, just remember, it's not what you go through. It's how you handle what you go through. Perspective is the one thing that makes life enriching for you to teach others for how you act, but you can also teach yourself for how you respond. So make sure you're always in the driver's seat and no one's playing with your emotions and taking you on a roller coaster ride. Someone told me to share this with me one day, and I, I think it was a sermon at church. I, I'm almost mm-hmm. positive it was. We were at, yeah, it was a sermon at church. We were at Dallas West, 3510 Northampton in Dallas, Texas, <laughs> and the late Reginald Bernard Doolin was preaching. I will never forget it. He said two men were in a rainstorm, and they both came inside the building. They're standing in the foyer, and they're guests. There's someone there to greet them, but one man looks like he's been in a rainstorm, and the other man looks perfectly dry. And he looked out to the congregation. He said, how do you think that's possible? And everybody just kind of looked like, okay. Go ahead and tell us if it's a rainstorm in Texas, you're going to look like you've been in a rainstorm. You're going to get wet. Mm -hmm. He said the only way to go through and weather a rainstorm and come through it and not look like you've been in a rainstorm is you got to know how to hold your umbrella. Mm -hmm. And that speaks to the last part of what you said. It's not what you go through. It's how you grow through it. It's how you navigate it. This is Correa from Heritage Hip Hop, but TJ speaks the basic talk. And we say peace, and we out. TJ Speaks is a special person. Because not only does she have a story to tell, she wants to hear your story to teach the world through your example how special and how meaningful you are. And we subscribe to Basic Talk Video, and we want y'all to subscribe to them as well. She's worth it. Go listen to what she says and check out her interviews. She's somebody who's really going to change the world. We support her. So from the Heritage Hip Hop family to TJ Speaks and Basic Talk, may the most high bless you and may we both conquer the world the way we see fit and give back to it so that our legacies are pronounced. This episode is brought to you by HeritageHipHop.com and sponsored by HeritageHipHop.com's partnership with Transparent Credit Repair. If you visit www.HeritageHipHop.com and click on the link for Transparent Credit Repair, not only do you get 20% of all services given, you also are making the decision to change your life by making one financial decision. Changing your credit score and fixing your credit not only opens your wallet up to more money, it stops you from opening your wallet to pay out debt. So please visit heritagehiphop.com and click on the link for transparent credit repair and change your life. This is Karev. Thank you for listening to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. I ask that you please follow us at www.heritagehiphop.com. Become a member of our website and be treated to free music. We highlight some of the best artists that you may not know at this moment whether international, domestic, and from our home base in New Jersey, 
we put together playlists and help highlight artists on our website that's going to change the world. We introduce your future favorite artists to you today. So become a member of HeritageHipHop.com. Membership is free, but the benefits are ongoing. You can follow us on all social media at Heritage Hip Hop. We're also on Anchor app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasting needs. We're uploading our past catalog to catch up to the ones that we're doing now. And very soon we will be caught up as we're on episode 80 of our podcast. You can follow us on YouTube, Heritage Hip Hop YouTube. We're, we're doing a campaign. When we get up to 1,000 subscribers, we're going to give away a PlayStation 5. That's right. 1,000 subscribers get to maybe do our contest or giveaway for a PlayStation 5. So please help us get our numbers up by subscribing to Heritage Hip Hop on YouTube as well as following us on social media and our website. We'd like to give a shout out to everybody that helps with our with our with our growth shout out to bq of fatty's place salute b we're glad you're here salute to fire jaws lex diamonds he's lex p on youtube you can follow his sports podcast there goodfellas tv look for the recap episodes on goodfellastv.com g-o-o-d-f-e-l-l-a-z-t-v.com featuring dad the photographer Shaw Montana, DJ Big A, myself, Karev, and Tommy Guns. So make sure you go see that. Shout out to Transparent Credit Repair. Shout out to A-Squad Rebel Radio. Shout out to MJ's Hip Hops Connects. And shout out to you who not only listen to this podcast, but support the movement and make Heritage Hip Hop what it is. Great. We are God's Heritage. This is God Made Hip Hop, and we celebrate hip hop through our culture. We are the Heritage of Hip Hop. And with that, this is Karev signing off saying peace, and we out.